Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gann. For the next two hours, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for can Also, you can send messages here on at the chat room here uh, at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk sports, and we're going to have some fun. Doing a great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And as we discussed, the upcoming NFL season well started last night, but a full slate of games starts on Sunday. And we're going to talk about the season with Willie Rofe. Also, WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder will be joining us. He's got a big fight coming up. Headlining PBC on NBC September 26th against Johan Dupois. So we're going to talk to him about that upcoming fight. Also talk to him about the fight coming up this weekend, Mayweather Berto. We'll talk about that as we go throughout the course of these next two hours. And also, the CEO of Eversport TV, Wayne Sieve, will stop on by. We're going to talk to him about the website. Eversport TV, talk about the future of streaming, and so video streaming online. So we're going to talk to them about those things and some of the great and exciting news going on with Eversport TV. And as we go throughout the course of this show, uh, obviously we're going to get to the NFL. Obviously, as we go throughout, we're going to go through each and every division, give you division winners, give you uh, what's going to happen in the playoffs, I'm going to break it down to you. This is my opinion. This is where I'm coming from, what's going to happen in the playoffs, and who is going to win it all. You'll get that as we go throughout the course of these two hours. Also, Mayweather Berto, you're going to get my thoughts on that. Maybe Floyd's last fight, but also some news with Floyd Mayweather in terms of the IV scandal and, and Manny, before the Manny Pacquiao fight and, and that whole situation. So we'll talk about that as we go through. I mean, so we, we we got a lot to get to, and we're going to start. Actually, we were going to start with New England and Pittsburgh, but Serena Williams. You know, she's we, we've been talking about Serena Williams, how dominant she's been, and she's been dominant uh, throughout the course of this season, uh, this tennis season. She's been dominant, period. You know, she's a dominant player, maybe the greatest female tennis player of all time. But guess what? On her way to going to the finals and on her way to possibly winning uh, a calendar grand slam, Serena Williams went out and lost to an unseated Italian, Roberta Vinci. Unseated. She's unseated, and she stunned and beat and defeated number one seeded Serena Williams. You know, and here's the thing. Serena won the first set, 6-2. You, you think, you know, after winning that first set, that may take away some confidence from Vinci, and also would give, you know, and, and just have Serena just plow on through. But Vinci took it from there, 6-4, 6-4. I mean, 
people are calling this the greatest upset ever. I mean, and, and you look at it, she's unseated. She's unseated. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, let, let's see, it's like uh, Weber State uh, beating number one seed at Duke or something. And, and NCAA tournament, just throwing the name out. It's like uh, one uh, one double A school beating the number one team in the country. It's like that. And Serena said the pressure wasn't getting to her, but her mom told an ESPN reporter that, you know, the pressure may have gotten the best of her. You know what? Maybe it did. It, maybe it did. I mean, Serena's been playing flawless tennis throughout this year. She was on the, She was this close to possibly getting that calendar year grand slam and somebody by the name of Roberta Vinci made history today and, and, and beat Serena Williams. She said, Vinci, quote, it's amazing, like a dream. I'm in the finals. I beat Serena. For me, it's an amazing moment, incredible, yes. And uh, <laughs> you thought Serena was going to get there. You thought after after dispatching Venus, you know, that was, was going to be the, the one thing that was going to stand in front of her. You thought after dispatching Venus, now she would, would, would move on and, and, and possibly, possibly, possibly go on and get to that finals and ultimately win uh, the U.S. Open. And I know a lot of people are pissed. They're angry. Heck, the people that, that, that had tickets for the finals of the U.S. Open, they're probably beside themselves. They had an opportunity to see history. What? Something that hasn't happened since 1988, 27 years. Long time. Long time. But Serena Williams, she loses. She's still great. Still amazing. Still beautiful. And at at the end of the day, I mean, if you look at her record, 18 and 2. 18 and 2. That's just dominating tennis. That's just move, get out my way type tennis. And, you know, here's the thing. You know, sometimes you have a person in Vinci who's unseated, who has an opportunity to, to win, have a signature victory. This is a signature victory for her. This is a victory we'll be talking about for a little bit. We'll be talking about this for, for a little bit. And, you know, I'm not sitting here to call myself the biggest tennis fan. I'm not. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you I am. But based off of what people are saying, this is a big-time upset. And, again, she's unseated. It's not like Venus Williams beat her. It's not like Maria Sharapova beat her. We're talking about Roberta Vinci. Not Venus, not Sharapova, Roberta Vinci. That's who we're talking about. Who are we talking about, Vinci? Roberta Vinci? <laughs> so, I mean, bottom line, if you had CBS, the suits at CBS are angry. The, the, the people that purchased tickets for the finals are angry. Every Serena Williams fan out there is angry. You know what, people, I, I would think people that are fans of history are angry. 
Because you have an opportunity to see history with Serena Williams and a possible Grand Slam. But Vinci wins. Vinci moves on to the finals. Serena Williams goes home, and her chance for a calendar Grand Slam is over. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you, you knew there was a possibility it could end. You just didn't think it would end this way against that particular player. You just didn't. But it did. It's over. Now, it's time to focus, time to focus on the National Football League, which started last night. Let's go to the NFL. Patriots, Steelers, uh, you know, T-Pain out there. All I do is win, win, win. All the, dude, all the Patriots have done is win, 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 no matter what. You can say no matter uh, deflate gate, no matter spy gate, no matter headset gate last night. No matter what gate you're talking about, the Patriots, all they do is win, win, win. And, and you can, and, and you know, you got the article, that big ESPN article, talking about the, the, how, how, how intricate and how, you know, the Patriots went about in terms of, 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 of taping signals and things of that nature. You know what, though? As we go throughout, you could argue maybe the Patriots with Floyd Mayweather could possibly have something in common. We'll get to that. But let's go to the New England Patriots. Last night, they beat the Steelers 28-21. to Tom Brady was Tom Terrific again. You know, 25 for 34, 288 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, Tom Brady picked up where he left off. And, you know, the Steelers' defense had no answer for Tom Terrific. Uh, and and you, would, you could even argue that the Patriots' defense really didn't have much of an answer for Big Ben. But Josh Scobie missed two field goals. But they had a big goal line stand. The Steelers had opportunities. I mean, they were able to effectively run the football against the New England Patriots last night. D'Angelo Williams, Le'Veon Bell's not there because of suspension. D'Angelo Williams comes in, oldest starting running back in this league. D'Angelo Williams, 127 yards on 21 carries. So he had success last night in the Steelers' run game, had success against the New England Patriots' defense. And, of course, Big Ben was doing what Big Ben has done throughout the course of his career when he did picked up where he left off as well. I mean, he played good football. The Steelers are, are – and you can say about every game, you know, you're a couple plays here and a couple plays there from changing the tide of the game and ultimately winning the football game. But I'll say this, the Steelers were there. They had moments, they had opportunities, they had chances. And they can only kick themselves for what happened. But I, I look at that team defensively. It's not your cousin Steelers defense. It's most definitely not your father Steelers defense. This Steelers defense that we saw last night is, is not what we're used to seeing. Troy Palomalu is not walking through that door. Ryan Clark is not walking through that door. Greg Lloyd is not walking through that door. A younger James Harrison, he's in the door, but the, uh, the younger version of him is not walking through that door. So I think that defense might be a struggle for the Steelers. And I know it's Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's going to, you know, Tom Brady lit up the, the Seahawks Legion of Boom in the Super Bowl last season. So Tom Brady, he can light you up. He can light you up. But Gronk was big. I mean, the, the, the Patriots were just, you know, they're the Patriots. You know, the fans, you know, they, they were loving it. 
and even got into, you know, start chanting about Roger Goodell. Where's Roger? Where's Roger? Where is Roger? And, and, and to that, talking about Roger Goodell and him not being there, I actually think it was a good move for him not to be there. Because I think he, him, his presence would have taken away from football. And I think uh, uh, the Flategate took us away from football. I think, you know, that, that whole story took us away from football. You know, I, and it, it was like, when is this going to end? February, we're still talking about it. March, I mean, it died down a little bit in February, March, and then it comes back with the report, and we're talking about it again. Then appeals, and you know, uh, you know, then you know, Cadell took time to make his decision. He suspends Brady for four games, strips the Patriots of, of, of draft picks, finds the organization, and it just keeps going and going and going. Brady's in court. They're appealing. They can't come with a settlement. And then it finally ends. And it was like, thank God it's over. Because it was like, this is going on way too long. And it's taken away from what we want to talk about. I heard Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth talk about, you know, how boring it, talking about it, how boring it was talking about the situation. You know, they, they, were, they were acting like they were asleep at one point talking about the situation because it's boring. It's stupid. It's like, Okay, let's get it over with. Let's get it over with. And I was happy that we finally got it over with. I I was happy that we finally were able to move on from it. And let's hope, let's hope as we go into the 2015 season that we don't have so much distraction. Let's hope we don't have to talk about a Greg Hardy type situation. Let's hope. We don't have to talk about an Adrian Peterson-type situation. Let's hope we don't have to talk about a Ray Rice-type situation. Let's hope we don't have to talk about the Slategate. Let's hope we don't have to talk about uh, 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 the Patriots and, and headphones and the, the Steelers getting the, uh, the, the Patriots radio signal instead of getting uh, you know, the, the signal to their quarterback, the signal to their coordinators and whatnot. Let's hope we don't hear anything about that either. Let's hope that we keep everything on the field 2014 was too much off the field stuff. Just we're we're just talking about the way too much off the field stuff in 2014, 2015. Let's hope this season we can talk about a whole bunch of on the field stuff and we can just stay on the field. So we're gonna bring in a guy now who did a whole bunch, a whole lot on the field throughout the course of his career. Hall of Famer, doing big things, did big things, doing did big things. Can't even talk, did big things. In the National Football League, let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Willie, how's it going? How are you? Good. Well, well, Paul, what? What? I mean, after everything the Patriots have been through, how come? How does this happen where they're coming to the sideline to check the the stuff, and the and the Steelers are hearing bad signals, and then? When they walk away, it starts messing up again. How does this happen? <laughs> well, before we go on, the NFL did say that the Patriots, the NFL did come out and say the Patriots had nothing to do with the audio interference last night. That's what the NFL said. So just tell okay. me what the NFL said. But, I mean, to your point, it's like after all the news that we've heard about Spygate, the Flake Gate, and any other gate, I mean, it's like – how could that happen? You're right. I mean, 
And there, there also was a report. Uh, well, no, no, and, and if you heard, if you heard, if you heard Coach Kaufman, I mean Coach Tomlin, he said this happens. You know, when they play up there, something always happens. <laughs> and you know, when they when they were doing the investigation for Spygate back in what 2007, there was talk that you know that was one of the issues as well. The Patriots and and what they're doing to headsets and, and radio signals and things of that nature. So I mean. You know, it's funny. I talked. We had Eddie George on the show uh, right around the time Spygate went down and everything. Deflategate, I should say. And he was saying that you know a whole bunch of stuff goes on there up there. You know what I mean? He says a whole bunch of stuff goes on up there, and it just it always seems like the. But here's the thing, Willie. You know, we can we 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 can talk about Spygate, Deflategate, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you know better than I do. It, 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 there's cheating going on by teams. Teams cheat on some level. To me, maybe not to the level of the Patriots, but the, the, the way the Patriots do it, maybe they just do it better than everybody else. But at the end of the day, even with all that, you still got to make the plays. You still got to make plays. True. You got to make plays, but, but the coaches have to be able to talk to each other. <laughs> True. True. But – but even even when even when we talk about okay uh, uh, the the spy gate and uh, the Patriots you know taping practices and knowing signals and things of that nature you still got to execute you still got to execute the plays you still got to make the plays and they found ways to make plays for four Super Bowls and beyond. So I agree with you, and they looked good last night. But it just looked like the Steelers got off to a slow start. That field goal kicker might be looking for a job today. He missed two free two field goals early. They got the guy dropped the, the guy stepped out of bounds on that one touchdown that they missed. So the Steelers had had a chance, you know, to 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 win that game. But you know, you know, you could tell it was week one for them. And um, I tell you what, the the Patriots came out there clicking on all cinders. Looked like they they were in mid season form, and Gronkowski uh, looks like he's trying to get a new contract. <laughs> and, and and you know, you look at last night and, and and everything. My takeaway was I look at both defenses, and I'm thinking both defenses might not be very good this year. You know, Steelers were able to run the ball, were able to pass the ball in that Patriots uh, defense, and, and vice versa. I don't. I don't think both of those. For me, both of those defenses might struggle in 2015. Your thoughts? Um, you, you, they could struggle. Usually, if they stay healthy, guys will start. You know, they 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 can they can improve during the season. You know, I, I think they will be improving. I I, I thought uh, the cornerback did a pretty good job. In the first early against uh, the, the guy that Butler played pretty good against uh, yeah. Antonio uh, Antonio Brown, who I played with his father. I thought the corner, I thought they did all right. I like the linebackers. Uh, I like the linebackers for the Patriots, and I, and I like some of the young boys for the Steelers. I mean, they're young; they just got to get better. Can they get better as the season goes on? That's going to be important for them seeing those guys get better. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And and like you said, the Patriots, you know, they, they they like you said, they picked up where they left off, and and Tom Brady was absolutely played great, played big time. 
Do you expect, with all the, the, the talk with the flake gate and everything in the offseason that Tom Brady had, are you expecting a monster season out of Tom Brady? Well, he got off to a great start last night, didn't he? We'll see. We'll, they got the Jets this week. It's going to be a tough game. We'll see what happens. I think they go up to New York, but uh, uh, he, he looks like his all-pro self again. Sure does. Doesn't sure look, like does. look like anything to happen in the field with him. Sure does. And, and Big Ben didn't look bad either. Big Ben did not look bad. No, he didn't look bad either. Um, we'll see. It should be interesting as we go on throughout the course of the season. We, we we got the season started, Willie. The season starts a full slate of games on Sunday, and it's going to be fun. Obviously, the NFL season is back. Let me let, let me do this now. You know, I, I'm just looking at my picks. I'm just going through what I have in terms of the standings and how I see it. I'm going to start in the AFC East, right? I, I, I look at the Patriots. They're the best team in that division. I think they win that division. But, you know, and I know a lot of people talk about the Dolphins. And, you know, obviously, a Dominican Sue's there. You know, they, they beef up that defensive line. Tannehill was, was decent last year. Many expect him to take another step. I like the Buffalo Bills. So there's, there's something about the Bills. You know, I like their defense. You know, they, they got a running game with Shady McCoy, um, Sammy Watkins, a big-time receiver. You know, Tyrod Taylor, obviously, you got a young starter there. And there's questions at the quarterback position. But this team defensively is very good. I think the, the, the Bills are going to surprise some people. I mean, who, who are your surprise team? Um, you know what? I, 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 not in that division. I think I'm looking at the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I think, okay. are going to be a lot better. They'll be able to throw the ball down the field. Uh, defensively, they already were good. Uh, they got Jamal Charles. They got the other running back. They got they got tight ends. They they were missing a receiver. Now a receiver did not catch a touchdown last year. So uh, oh. you know my sleeper team is uh, Kansas City. You know Kansas City, that defense keeps playing well. You have uh, Derek Johnson towards Achilles. He's back this year uh, in the middle of that defense. So you know uh, Eric Berry's going to be feeling better this year after he had that uh, that six remove or whatever he had. We moved last year, and so I'm looking for the Chiefs to be uh, be, be right there in the thick of things. Yeah, and Eric Berry, you know, fighting, you know, fighting that cancer, you know, fighting it hard, and so hopefully he can come, like you said, hopefully he can come back and be successful. So let's 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 go back to AFC East. You like the Patriots in the AFC East, just based off of everything? Um, I will say that. I will go more. I will lean more toward the Dolphins because I'm not sure about uh, the, the Buffalo and quarterback. Okay. Okay. So you, you, but you think you think the Patriots actually win that division? I'm um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm picking the uh, the Dolphins. Oh, you like the Dolphins to win the NFC, uh, AFC East? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And, you know, so, I mean, we disagree there. I got the Patriots there. So, if you go to the AFC North, Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers, Steelers, you know, their offense is going to be good. I got questions about their defense. I think the Ravens are going to be solid. Cleveland, I don't think it's going to be very good. And the Bengals. I actually like the Bengals in the uh, AFC North. I mean, Andy Dalton, you know, a lot of people, I I think, are, are not so high on him, obviously. 
for obvious reasons. But one thing Andy Dalton has done is performed in the regular season. His problem is the playoffs. But I think the team is, is a formidable team, both offensively and defensively. The question always is, with the Cincinnati Bengals, to me, is what happens in the playoffs with Andy Dalton? I actually think they'll get back. I actually think they'll win the AFC North. You agree or disagree? So you got the, in the AFC North. You got the, the you got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Uh, you got the Ravens, the Ravens. and uh, and, uh, and Cleveland. The Brown. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I agree. The Cincinnati is going to be the best team. Uh, the, the 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 big D lineman's coming off. Uh, Gene, uh, Gino Atkins, I played with his dad. Uh, Gene okay. Atkins uh, is coming off that knee surgery. Uh, I like Cincinnati. I, I mean, you, you you know, you name the players and you play and, with their and I like the and I like the running back too. The the kid Hill is going to have a good year. The kid from LSU that was running good last year. I think that kid is going to step up this year. All right, so we agree on that. We agree uh, about Cincinnati in the north, and, and so we, we think they win that division. Let me, let me ask you this now. We, we, go, to the, uh, we go to the AFC um, South, and, and to me that division is really all about the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I don't see the Texans. They got questions at their quarterback position. Brian Hoyer, he's the starter, but eh. um, you got the Jaguars. Blake Bortles, he'll maybe he might improve, but that's still not a good football team. And the Titans, they got Marcus Mariota. He's a young quarterback. It's not going to work out for him. That's the Colts division, and I look at the Colts, and I'm gonna stop with the Colts right here, and I want to get your take on this. I look at the Colts, and they're playing in a division where easily they can go six and zero in their division, and this is a team because of the division they play in. This is a team I, I think is going to end up having home field advantage in the AFC throughout the whole playoffs because of the division they play in. They got a very good football team, obviously, but they play in a, a, a good. They're playing in a good division for them because you know obviously the AFC South stinks. It's a division that stinks, so that works out for the Indianapolis Colts. And oh, by the way, they play the NFC South as well. So this is a team. I think is poised and primed to take that next step, and that next step could be the Super Bowl for the Indianapolis Colts. But we both agree the Colts win that division, correct? Yeah, the, the Colts should go at least twelve and four. Yeah, I mean at least maybe even thirteen and three. I mean with the, with the division they have, I look look we we can go look at their, we look at their schedule just real quick. Look at their schedule out the gate. You look at the Colts out the gate, their first five games. I mean, at Buffalo, that's going to be a tough one. I think they win, though. But they go at Buffalo. At Bu- so you, they play at Buffalo week one. They got New York week two. At Tennessee week three. Jaguars week four. Home That's a home game for them. And at uh, Houston. So the first five weeks of the season, this team could easily be 5-0 and or 4-1. and one. And that's before they play the Patriots in week six. Well, yeah, they, they, they could be three and two. They should be four and one. Yeah, yeah, they, I, I, they could easily be undefeated. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I think the Colts are, are, are primed and poised and, and ready. I think to possibly take that next step. We'll see. We'll see. AFC West. 
you like I know you like the Chiefs. Here's here's I look at this division. At some point, I I really want to say that Peyton Manning could have a Brett Favre type year. Brett Favre's last year where he struggled, where he struggled big time. And you know he came. Brett Favre had that big. Hey, Peyton Manning was struggling to make the last year, Paul. Come on. Yes, yeah, so but he was injured. He had you know he had the calf and everything. He was injured. Okay, well they're gonna be hitting him in his legs again this year too. <laughs> I mean, I I think at some point, I, I I personally think first and foremost the Broncos will never win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning will never win a Super Bowl. He's done. He had his opportunity, and he didn't do it. But I look at the Broncos, and and, and I want to say at some point Peyton Manning. But even after he struggled near the end of last season. He still put up big time numbers. The numbers were still big for Peyton Manning. Still thirty nine touchdowns, still four thousand seven hundred twenty seven yards. So the numbers were big. But to your point, he did struggle down the stretch there. Part of that could be injury, but that comes with the territory. You get older, you know the body is is different. It doesn't, uh, you know. Obviously, it, it's going to be harder to stay healthy as you get older. Let me ask you that before we go, we go to the division. For you, later in your career, how difficult was was it for you to to you know get yourself in peak condition and, and to avoid injury? I mean, it takes long in the offseason to recover. You don't feel as well. You definitely don't. You instead of recovering. You know, when you're young, you might feel better on that Wednesday, you know, Thursday, late in the season. When you get older, you might not feel good sometimes to, or, at all, or you might start feeling a little better on that Friday. But you got to play on Sunday. Right. So, I mean, if he's nicked up, he's going to spend a lot of time in the training room. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? If he's not on the field, you know, last year, I mean, think about how much time he had to spend in the training room because he was always injured or the time out or you you know the physical therapy. So it's just it's just every year is different. Some years you go through there and you feel good. When you get older, like I, like I said, you don't know how you gonna feel week to week. You know, last year he had a tough year because he was hurting down low. Is he gonna be hurting this year or not? We don't know. So I mean, do you think they win the AFC West? No, I'm going with the Chiefs. Oh, you going to Chiefs to win the AFC West? Okay, so you like the Chiefs in the AFC West? I like Denver. I think Denver still gets it done. I still, I, I, I want to say Peyton Manning's going to struggle this year, but I, I, I can't say it. I got to see it to believe it. And um, ultimately, I think the Broncos win that division. So here's the way I look at the AFC. I think the Patriots win the East. I think the Bengals win the North. I think the Colts win the South, and I think the Broncos win the West. And in terms of wild cards. I like the Buffalo Bills and I like the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I What about what I about Buffalo's quarterback? You're not gonna question, you know. Um I, I think it's gonna be good enough. But you look at Buffalo, Buffalo's nine and seven last year. You know, they were a nine and seven team and you know, I, I think they've added to what they've had last season defense offensively. You know, you you got a a very good one of the best running backs in football in McCoy. You got you got some weapons there. Percy Harvin, maybe he comes in and, and tries to rejuvenate his career. You still got that young kid, Sammy Watkins. Um, defensively, they're 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 tough. They're tough defensively. I mean, Darius, you know, Mario Williams, you know, they they're a tough team. Kyle Williams as well. They're a tough team defensively. I I I think this team, man. I I I think Rex. 
I think Rex is a good coach. Rex is a very good coach, and, and I think Rex gets a lot out of this team. I think this is a playoff football team. I, I really do. I think even with the questions at quarterback, I, I think this is a playoff team. I, I'm, it's, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's a reach, but I think this is a playoff team. We'll see. This is a playoff we'll team see. to me. We'll see. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. Willie, real quickly, now we go to the NFC East. You know, this is a division to me. Last year I picked the Cowboys. This year I'm torn. I'm torn a little bit. Um, I, I liked it, what the Eagles have done. You know, DeMarco Murray, you know, uh, 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 adding uh, Byron Maxwell. I like the things that they've done. Um, and, and I love what I saw out of Sam Bradford in the preseason. I hate to, to read into anything I see in the preseason. I really do. But I think this Philadelphia Eagles team is a team that can be a Super Bowl contending type team if things work out certain ways and if, you know, their quarterback can stay healthy. I like the Eagles to win the NFC East. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the Eagles and the Cowboys again. I like what the Eagles have done. I'm just iffy with that quarterback uh, situation. Who's the backup quarterback in Sanchez? Sanchez. I like him as a backup, though. He's uh, a great backup. I'm going with the Cowboys again. You're going to Cowboys again. Okay, so we disagree there. I like the Eagles. You like the Cowboys. NFC North, Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings. I think this is a Packers division. Um, I think the Vikings might be better. Um, I think the Lions are still going to be good. I think the Bears will struggle. But I like Green Bay to win that division. I think we can agree on that one. Yeah. Now, NFC South, South, Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers, Panthers. I I look at the Saints, and, and, you know, this is a division, obviously, where a lot of teams struggled last season, sub-500 division. You know, it was a bad division last year in the NFC South. It was bad. And and so, you know, I, I look at the NFC South, and I look at the New Orleans Saints, and I know Jimmy Graham is gone, uh, but, you know, they, they still have Drew Brees. You know, they, they still have some talent. They still got a very good coach in Sean Payton. They, they have, to me, the best quarterback in the NFC South. With that being said, to me, and, and, and I might be wrong here, but – I think the New Orleans Saints win the NFC South. Oh, what about and their I might defense? My... Go ahead. What about their defense? Um, I, I think you know with, with Rob Ryan. I think well, let let me let's look at it this way. We remember the year when when um, when Sean Payne was suspended. Defensively, they were they were awful. They struggled mightily. And then the following season, you know, Rob Ryan comes in, and their defense is a lot better than people thought. I mean, their defense was pretty good uh, the year Sean Payton returned. They had a pretty good defense. They regressed yeah. a little bit last season. But no one expected that defense to get better when they did uh, the year before. So I think with the coach, I mean, Sean Payton's a very good coach. I'm banking on Payton. I'm banking on Drew Brees. I'm banking on that running game. I'm banking on New Orleans Saints to to win the NFC South. I think they have the best quarterback, and I think 
that's going to be enough. Carolina, I, I don't know if I necessarily trust Cam, uh, Cam Newton. Um, Calvin Benjamin's out. You know, Tampa Bay are going to struggle. And the Atlanta Falcons, mm, defensively, there's some issues there. I, 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 I'm going to go with the, the New Orleans Saints. You know what? I like. I I do. I think. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to surprise. Them. I think they're going to be able to score some points. I got questions. I mean, I I think when I got, I got, I got questions with that Saints defense. I do too. I do too. I totally agree with you. I just. I mean. Like, I mean. I mean. I mean. I mean. Tampa's got some weapons there. I mean. Uh, I mean. Uh, uh, James Winston's got some weapons. He does. He does. What, Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans? You know, he definitely does. Uh, Doug Martin. There's definitely some weapons there, but I, I, I like the Saints. And, you know, I could be wrong on that. Atlanta Falcons, it wouldn't surprise me if the Falcons won that division. But I'm going to go with the Saints. But we'll see. You think the Saints win the South? Got a new coach, uh, Dan Quinn. You know, came from Seattle. Coach. Maybe, maybe he brings that defensive mentality. I, I think it's going to be the Saints or Tampa Bay. Saints or Tampa Bay? Okay, all right. Let's go to the West: Seattle, Arizona, Forty ers the Rams. I, I like Seattle here. Um, I think they're still the team to beat in this division. The Cardinals. I mean, I know Carson Palmer got off to a great start before he got injured, but I just don't trust Carson Palmer. I'm not a fan. The 49ers, they just lost way too much. They're going to struggle. I, I, and the Rams. The Rams intrigue me because I, I look at the Rams, and they always were a team to me just last season, just looking at them and watching them. It seemed like they were, were a quarterback away. I mean, defensively they were solid. You know, offensively they were okay. But they were. They, it just seemed like they were a quarterback away. And maybe Nick Foles is that guy. Maybe he's that quarterback that can take them to that next level. We know Nick Foles a couple years ago, 27-2. and two. We know Nick Foles had the Eagles all to a pretty decent start, I believe 6-2 and two, before he went down. The Rams are interesting to me, but to me, in my opinion, I like uh, the, the, the uh, Seahawks to do it again, win that particular division. Um, but the Rams intrigue me. Your thoughts? Yeah, Arizona. Arizona, Carson Palmer's back. Um, a team that was playing very good football before he went down. Uh, I'm going to go with Seattle, too. Okay. All right. So, I got the, you got the Cowboys, I got the Eagles, I got the Packers, I got the Saints, and I got the Seahawks winning uh, each respective division. And my wild card teams, I got the Cowboys and the Detroit Lions making the playoffs, both uh, as wild card, Cowboys and Detroit Lions. It should be interesting. I, I know you don't have your Super Bowl pick right now. I, I know you're going to wait a little bit before you make your pick. But 
I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to tell you, you may agree, you may disagree, but in my opinion, I like the Colts, and I like the Packers uh, to be in the Super Bowl, and I like the Colts to win it all. I think they take that next step. I will say this. I don't know if the Colts will match up with the Chiefs before they get to the AFC Championship game. But you're right. Andrew Luck's got Frank Gore. He's got Andre Johnson. He plays in a bad division. Yeah, you're going to have to go through Indianapolis to beat him. The only team that will beat them at home, probably, would be New England. Yeah. Or be a team with experience like Denver. So you're going to have to go through there to beat them. And, and the way I have it playing out, I have the Colts and the Patriots rematch at the AFC Championship game, this time in Indy. So I think that's going to be the difference. It's going to be an Indy, and I think the Colts will be able to take that next step. By the way, I got your Chiefs losing in the first round to the Bengals. Um, so, no, I got oh, Chiefs losing in the first round. The Bengals, the Bengals to, to, to the Bengals, yeah. that hadn't done anything in the playoff game? At some point, he's got to break through. He's got to break through. And, and I think, I mean, I, he's got to break through, and I think – this will finally be the year that he breaks through. This will finally be the year that he okay, will take Okay, I'm telling you this. I got the Chiefs traveling to, to Indianapolis in the AFC Championship game or in the second round. Okay. And I think it's going to be a very competitive game. Can Alex Smith stretch the field? They got Jeremy Macklin. Uh, you know, they got the tight ends. I think the Chiefs have a better defense than Indianapolis. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you, but I just think the, the the Colts have a better offensive football team, and I just, think, I just think they have a better quarterback, a quarterback. Yeah, but he, but, he, but he's, he's, he's shown some signs in the in in, in did I did, you know did he did he in in in, in the playoff games where he hadn't looked good. He has. No, I'll give you that. He was. He was. You know, he threw some t- uh, picks. Uh, well, even what a, a couple years ago against the Chiefs. Remember in that game um, where you know the Chiefs got that big lead and and then they uh, came back on them. And that yeah, game, that's, you know, that's he, not he gonna happen picks. again. Exactly. The Chiefs got that huge lead. The Chiefs aren't scared of the Colts. Is my point. The Chiefs are not scared of the Colts. Okay. I so, mean, I will say this. I'm not going to make no predictions, <laughs> but I might have the Chiefs making the Super Bowl this year uh, versus um, <laughs> NFC. Chiefs versus the, uh, the Cowboys and Phillies. You said the Chiefs against the the Eagles. Or, or, or I'm thinking the the uh, 
the uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Um, we'll see. I mean, here's the th- here's what I say about this year coming into this season. You don't, don't know. know. You really don't know this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, was, I was about to say I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sitting here mapping this thing out, but I don't. I, I don't know if that, that that has. You know, I don't know how that. I don't know if that's going to work out. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if it happened. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm educating. You know, I'm just taking an educated guess, pretty much. It would be, it would be nice. You know what? You've seen, you've seen uh, Green Bay. You've seen some. It would be nice to get some fresh blood in there. You know, the Chiefs haven't been in a long time. The Cowboys haven't been in a long time. You know, the Eagles haven't. The Eagles went in there with all four. It'd be nice to get some fresh blood in there. No, it would most definitely. I mean, you know. It, 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 it would. I mean, but Seattle's still tough. Green Bay's still tough. You know, the Patriots are still tough. And the Colts, I mean, we're talking about the final four teams. The final four teams are still formidable teams. The final four that we saw last year are still good, very good football teams. But every season there's a surprise. Every season something happens. Every season you have it where somebody, some team's going to surprise and injuries. Injuries is a great equalizer. It, 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 I'll it tell you this. Things. The Chiefs are my sleeper team. If you want to call them a sleeper team in the AFC, and in the NFC, my sleeper team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A playoff team? I'm saying sleeper team. <laughs> okay, so what do you mean by sleeper? A team that can go 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and seven, or a team that can go to the playoffs? If everything works out, they can go to the playoffs, you're saying. If everything yeah. works in their favor. Yeah, they can go to the playoffs if it works out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think Jameis Winston has to be really good. Um, that's what a, about that's the defense? You think he's gonna have a, they're going to have a decent defense? If he has a decent defense and doesn't turn the ball over, if he has a, if Levy Smith has a if that defense is better, and they don't turn the ball over. He's got two all-pro receivers. He's got some weapons. I mean, their def- I agree with their defense is not bad. It's not a bad defense. I'm, I, I don't see Jameis. I see Jameis being effective, but I don't see. I, I know what you're saying. If he has the run game, if he has a good defense, that could take you a long way, and we know what Lovey Smith can do on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Lovey Smith, he got the Bears to the Super Bowl. Rex Grossman as his quarterback. So thank you, Lovey Smith. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And I look at the NFC South. But, but, but it, is, it is Jameis's rookie year. He's gonna have some growing pains. Yeah, but I look at I look. It's a winnable division. It's, it's a very winnable division. From the standpoint, yes. Carolina, they don't scare you. Uh, New Orleans, they don't scare you. And the Atlanta Falcons, they don't scare you. So the division, it, it's a winnable division. It's a very winnable division. Uh, and what? Seven wins won that division last year. So yeah, seven. It, it, it was horrible last year. Yeah, seven wins won that division. The whole division was sub-500. So it's possible that. Yeah, you don't know what team is going to show up. And I will say this about Jameis Winston. He's the first guy in the door. He's the last one to leave. To leave. He wants to learn. He wants to be he's good. A ga- he's a gamer. He's a gamer. He's big time. 
even with all the pressure that he had to deal with, even with all the stuff that he had to deal with, he still came to play and was undefeated for two seasons. So it, well, he lost it's one not game. how it was possible. He lost one game. It was 24-1. Right. Well, that, that was the game against Oregon. But regular season, regular season. But you're right. It, 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 it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can win the NFC South. But I don't think it's crazy to say it um, because, you, like you said, the Saints, who's the, you know, their defense? You know, Jimmy Graham is gone. The Panthers, Calvin Benjamin is gone. The Falcons, again, defensively. And so it, it should be fun. It, it most definitely should be fun. And like we said, it's so wide open. I, I mean, I don't – I can just – I feel like I can just, you know, put a blindfold on and just – you know, kind of just pick a team. I mean, you know, it, it it really is that wide open. It's a lot of parity in the National Football League, and it should be a lot of fun when it's all said and done. I can't wait. Willie, big fight tomorrow. Mayweather, Berta, who you got? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's going to be a little better fight than people think. I, I think it's personal. But can Berto hit Mayweather? I don't know. A lot of people, it's not sold out. People don't want to go. I know a guy out here that goes to all the fights, you know, loves going to the fights, loves being it the way he is. He's not even going this year. A lot of people are very upset that Mayweather picked Berto to fight. They should have thought he should have fought Thurman or, or Triple G, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm going, I'm going with Mayweather, but, but I, 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 I think this fight is going to be better than the Pacquiao fight. I actually, I actually agree with you. I, there's, there's, there's a part of me, and I might be a little crazy here, but there's a part of me that thinks Andre Berto can actually win that fight. And I know Andre. Why, why, why did you say that? Why did you say that? Because he's he's fast, he's he's athletic, and he has power. But and 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 the thing about Berto, he's going to bring the fight to Mayweather. And, and I'm not. Yeah, you know, Berto's not going to let Mayweather sit back. He's going to come after him. No, he def most definitely, and I think he's going. He he he's going to pressure Floyd Mayweather, and we'll see. You know, and and, 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 and it's, it's very very personal. It goes past boxing with them two guys, right? And but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Also, you know, Mayweather's 38 years old, and at some point, you know, you're going to. At some point, you might show that you're 38 in the ring. At some point. And it could happen tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, look, 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 look what happened to Serena today. They said that True. was the biggest upset since they named the, the 18 and 0 Patriots. They named the, the hockey team from uh, the, the America's uh, upset Russia. I mean, Serena yep. got beat by that Italian girl today. That, that Italian girl was not intimidated. Yes, yeah, she un- unseated, unseated. So, I mean. I mean, I think I think the fight's going to be interesting. I actually think it's going to be a good fight, and I actually think you're gonna if you purchase the fight, you're actually going to uh, 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 enjoy this fight a lot more and a lot better than you enjoy the Pacquiao fight. Get that dog in order, Poochie. <laughs> so, what happens? You think Mayweather drops him? You think Mayweather knocks him out? Or you think it's a decision? Or, I don't know Mayweather drops him. I don't think. I think. I think it's a knockout. If Mayweather wins, it's a knockout. If Berto has a chance to win, it's probably going to be a decision. I don't here's know if Berto can knock him out. Here's where I disagree with you in terms of the decision. Here's where I disagree. 
I, I think from this standpoint, it's Vegas. If Floyd has an opportunity to go 49-0. and So if he wins this fight, he goes 49-0. and So and he says he's going to retire, but I don't believe him. So there's going to be a possibility. There's going to be a possibility next year, right? So if he's 49-0, there's a possibility next year they're going to open up a new arena out there in Vegas. And, and so there's a possibility that Mayweather could have an opportunity to go 50-0 and with a, and, and fight that 50th fight in a new building, a new arena. You know how much money that's going to bring to, to Vegas and everything. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Berto has no shot to win a decision, a decision because I believe no shot. He has no shot. So you think Berto's going to knock him out? I think he's going to knock him out. Have to knock him out. Or it's going to have to be very, very convincing. It's going to have to be very convincing. All right, we'll see what happens. I don't think. Uh, well, unless he knocks him out, then I don't, I don't think he wins. So I think Mayweather goes forty-nine and zero, unless Berto can do something dramatic. Anything can happen for the boxing. Anything can happen, and and it should be. Uh, a lot of fun. So we'll see. You gonna buy the fight? I'm gonna buy the fight. My father's flying to town. We're gonna have some people over, so we're gonna have a good time tomorrow. Okay. All right. So have fun. Enjoy yourself, and and we'll talk about it next week. All right. Thanks. All right. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe should be a lot of fun. Mayweather Pacquiao. And, and I, as we we went through, we went through our division picks, so let me just make it clear. In the AFC, I got the Colts win in the South. They're going to be the number one seed. The Patriots win in the East. They're going to be number two. Those two will get by. Bengals and uh, uh, Broncos uh, will be the third seed. They'll win the West. And the Bengals will win the North, and they'll be the fourth seed. The two wild card teams, the Chiefs and the Bills. Chiefs will be five. Bills will be number six. Uh, Colts uh, and the Patriots obviously get the bye. Um, The Bengals will beat, uh, in the first round, the Bengals will beat the Chiefs. And uh, the uh, the Broncos will beat the Bills. It's going to be the Colts and Bengals in the in the uh, second in the divisional round. Patriots Broncos, uh, Manning Brady again. Patriots win that. Colts win that. Colts Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Colts win the Super. Colts win the AFC and go on to the Super Bowl. NFC Packers number one seed. Eagles number two. Seahawks three. Saints four. Cowboys and Lions. Cowboys at five, Lions at six. Packers, Eagles get to buy. Lions, uh, they play the Saints, uh, the Seahawks. Seahawks win that game. Cowboys play the Saints. Cowboys win that game. Packers, Seahawks rematch. I'm excuse me, Packers, Cowboys a rematch in the uh, divisional round. Eagles, Seahawks. Packers win that game. Eagles win against the Seahawks. Packers, Eagles. Uh, Packers, Eagles. In the NFC Championship game, Packers win the NFC Championship game. Packers, Colts in the Super Bowl in the Indianapolis Colts. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give you a drum roll. Let me give you a drum roll. You know, I'd already said it. Indianapolis Colts win the I have no clue what's going to happen. I'm, my guess is as good as yours, what's going to happen. I did pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl last season. Oh, by the way, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if I am right. Should be very, very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. 
uh, with the NFL, NFL football season upon us. You know, a team that intrigues me so, so much is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, a team that, you know, made some additions, I thought, in this offseason that's going to be very beneficial. You know, they let Shady McCoy go, but they did bring in Kiko Alonso. Um, there are obviously some questions. Macklin's going. So there, there's Jeremy Macklin's going to number one receiver. So there are some questions with this football team. But And, and I hate to be a prisoner of the preseason. I, I hate to be one of these guys that says, oh, to read so much into preseason. I hate to read into preseason. I hate to do it. I hate to do it. But I have to. Sam Bradford was off the chart. He was he was ridiculous in the preseason. He was 13 for 15. He was 156 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was running that offense up and down this preseason. I know there's no scheme. I know this guy – I don't want to be a prisoner in the moment. I don't want to get excited, but I love what I saw in the preseason out of Sam Bradford. I love what I saw in the preseason out of the Philadelphia Eagles. I love what I saw defensively. Maxwell Thurman and Jenkins, you know, in the secondary, there are some questions, obviously, knowing Carroll and Eric Rowe out there in terms of your corners and the nickel corner, but uh, I love what I saw. I love what I saw with that front seven, Fletcher Cox, Thornton, um, um, you know, Benny Logan, Barwin. I love what I saw. I, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are an interesting football team. The key to the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and this is going to be fun from the standpoint, okay, I was one of them. I criticized Chip in this offseason. I was one of them. What is this guy doing? What is his plan? He has some grand master plan. This grand master plan, it seemed, you know, and, you know, he traded Bradford, I mean, traded Foles and brought in Sam Bradford, even added a second-round pick in that uh, trade. And, and a lot of people call him crazy. You know, a lot of people call him crazy. <laughs> a lot of people call him a genius, a mad scientist, if you will. Some people are calling him stupid. Some people are calling him dumb. Some people are calling him crazy. Some people are saying, this will not work. Some people are saying this can't work. <clears throat> others are calling him a genius. You know, others are calling this guy the smartest man ever. You know, others are saying he's going to revolutionize the, the sport of football. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people are talking. You're getting uh, varying opinions about Chip Kelly. Don't call him a racist. Some just call him a little aloof, you know. You're getting various opinions about Chip Kelly. But the Philadelphia Eagles, offensively, with Michael Vick as the quarterback, with Nick Foles as the quarterback, Mark Sanchez too, this offense has been effective. This offense moved up and down the field. This offense put up points. This offense made a guy like Nick Foles, and we don't know what Nick Foles may be, but I don't think he's 27-2, and two. 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. I don't think he's that. Mark Sanchez, who was, who was you know, a lot of people thought was done, finished. He looked good in Chip Kelly's system. He ultimately became Mark Sanchez at points, but he looked good at points too. Sam Bradford. The, the question about Bradford is his health. 
Can he stay healthy? You know, you had the shoulder in college. You had the two ACLs in the pros. Can he stay healthy? That's the key. That's the question. Everybody's going to ask and want answer. Can he stay healthy? You need at least 12 games out of this guy, 12 to 13 games out of him. Mark Sanchez, over a period of time, if you keep him in there, becomes Mark Sanchez. He ultimately and eventually plays like Mark Sanchez. He ultimately and eventually will do Mark Sanchez-type things. We all know what that is, butt fumbles and, and interceptions and just stupid plays, unintelligent plays. But if Sam Bradford can stay on the field, if Sam Bradford can stay healthy, and, and that defense comes together and plays like they played in the preseason, and the offense plays like they played in the preseason, and if you know they can get some production out of Aguilar, the rookie, if he can come in and and and, and it's going to be hard for him to replace what Jeremy Macklin brought to the table. But as a collective unit, with Zach Ertz there as well, a very good tight end, they can offset what Jeremy Macklin brought to the table. But, you know, Aguilar, he shows some promise in the preseason. Jordan Matthews, he's solid. He's good. I think he could take that next step. Josh Huff, uh, Riley Cooper, uh, questions. When I say uh, I mean questions. Second out, go for it. Starts right now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Pauly G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, Corey Live. we got to have him back on. But we're doing, go second hour, Go For It. Start right now. In this hour, we're expected to be joined by WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. He's going to be joining us in this hour. We're going to talk about his upcoming fight on NBC, PBC on NBC, first heavyweight championship fight on national TV since 1985, 30 years. So you got uh, Deontay Wilder uh, against Johan Dupois, uh, Frenchman. So we're going to talk to Deontay about his upcoming fight. Also talk to him about the fight coming up this weekend, Berto, Floyd Mayweather, uh, possibly Mayweather's final fight. If May- we'll see if Mayweather can go. 49 and 0, but we're going to ask Deontay Wilder what he thinks about that particular fight. So that should be interesting. Also, Wayne Sieve, CEO of Eversport TV, he's going to be joining us in this hour. Um, Eversport TV started off in 2014. They stream uh, various sporting events from around the world, around the country. So it, it, it's a very interesting site. And, and, and streaming video, you know, obviously that's the future. That's just a wave. Of the future, well, the future is now. You know what I mean? It, it, it's now, and so it's it's a hub for a lot of sporting events, college football, you know, college events, some pro events as well. So 
some vents from around the world. So we're going to talk to Wayne Steve about Eversport TV, the future of streaming video as well. And, and, and you know, so that should be fun. So we got Deontay Wilder coming up in about a uh, next minute or so. And also, we also have Wayne Steve, CEO of Eversport TV, in this 8 o'clock hour. Again, just so we're clear, first six teams in the AFC, Colts, Pats, Broncos, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, those are the six teams that will make the playoffs in that order. Um, and in the NFC, Packers, Eagles, Seahawks, Saints, Cowboys, Lions, those are the teams that are going to, uh, uh, in the NFC, those are the teams that may, uh, well, not may, in my opinion, will make the playoffs. And when it's all said and done, Packers and Colts will see each other in Super Bowl 50 with the Colts and Andrew Luck taking that next step. Chuck Pagano and those boys taking those in that next step. You know, they, they went to the divisional round. They went to the championship game. Now it's time to take that next step, and to me that next step is Super Bowl 50 and a Super Bowl title. Big fight coming up this weekend. Floyd Mayweather, Andre Berto tomorrow, MGM Graham, Las Vegas on pay-per-view. But another big fight coming up September 26th. Deontay Wilder, WBC heavyweight champion, against Johan Dupois. Uh, an opportunity for Deontay Wilder to show a national TV audience that he, in fact, is the next big thing. And here's the reality of the situation. Floyd Mayweather is not going to be around forever. And even if he fights on, he may fight on maybe another year or two. A year, I don't think, I think if he fights on, he's only going to fight maybe that one fight to get 50 and up. I don't think he continues on there, but we'll see. You know, he likes money. He likes nice things. And, and so maybe he continues on. Who knows? But the heavyweight division has carried the sport of boxing for many, many years. And it's been till recently, what, maybe the last, what, 10 years, 10, 15 years? You know, you, you got Tyson, who was a pay-per-view king, and, and that went to Oscar De La Hoya, who was a pay-per-view king, and to Floyd Mayweather, who has transformed pay-per-view and taken pay-per-view to another level. I mean, let's be honest, let's be real, hate, love Floyd Mayweather. This guy is a pay-per-view star, pay-per-view stud. You know, we haven't seen a guy, you know, do what Floyd Mayweather has done in terms of pay-per-view, in terms of, of what he, I mean, he's he's a pay-per-view king, cash cow in the sport. So, we're gonna um we're gonna talk to Deontay now. Trying to get him on, see if we can get that on. And you know, it's gonna be going to be a lot of fun this weekend, and we'll see if it's Floyd Mayweather's last fight. I don't believe it, but we'll see what may happen moving forward with the great Floyd Mayweather Jr. Let's bring him in now, WBC heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder. Deontay, how are you, man? Doing good. How about yourself? Thanks for joining us. Deontay, it's been 30 years since there was a heavyweight championship fight on national TV. 30 years, that's 1985. How excited are you to show the world what Deontay Wilder can do? 
Each and every time I'm in there, you know, I'm I'm anxious to show, you know, each and every performance, each and every time I'm on a network, each and every time I'm in somebody's city or state, you know, I always want to make a statement, want to make show that um, I'm the right man for the job, like I've been saying for years. So um, now that we have NBC, it's been 30 years. I went, you know, I've been, I was born in '85. And uh, it's exciting, you know, every, every step that I take, you know, it seems like it's always, it's, it's history being made, you know, and uh, and I come at the right right point in time and in different moments in my life at times, you know, things have come come occur for me. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm always excited to get up in there and show my acts, uh, show my talent among the world. You're fighting in Alabama again. Last time you were there, you beat Eric Molina. Was there any extra added pressure fighting at home? As the champ, no, I, I, I wouldn't consider that as pressure. You know, a lot of things that, uh, well, I would say maybe got on my nerves. Some things, you know, the thing, thing about it when you at home, you know, everybody knows you. You got family, you got friends, you got, you know. So a lot of a lot of things would probably agitate me or whatever, or, or you know, get certain calls or whatever, which uh, with not too many people have my number. You know, I don't I don't answer unknown calls anyway, but um it just just certain little little things. Little things but um never pressure for me. Uh it was man, it was it was a magical moment, man. I, I always had plans to to fight in my state, um, to defend my title, man. I that and here he is again right after one I'm 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 doing it again. So man, it's a blessing. I, I count all my blessings. That's for sure, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, you know, when you when you fighting at home, it's definitely a different beast. You know, you got the crowd that's with you, that that chanting and roaring your name. So when they get hyped, you almost obligated to to go with the crowd and just get in there and do something when 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 times get a little boring in the ring. But as a, a experienced professional now, you know, I know how to calm myself down and uh, wait to my moment. Um, to 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 act upon attack uh, with my opponent, and uh, it's going to be even better this time this time around because I'd have got that out the way. My first title defense at home, I'd have got it out of the way. I didn't see what the environment like with that. Now we had a bigger venue that's going to be sold out as well too. But um, each and every time, man, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it and uh, getting gaining more experience each and every time I'm in the ring. September 26, you are fighting Johan Dupois. What does he bring to the table? Based off your film study, what does he bring to the table? Based off what I've seen, he brings size, he brings power, you know, and uh, he, he brings excitement. You know, the, the guy comes to fight. He's very, he's very tough uh, Frenchman, and I'm, I'm looking forward to him. You know, he's only uh, lost twice out of his uh, 32 um, wins, uh, out, of his, out of his 34 bouts, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, putting a, another – Another one on his losing record. So um, just like I said with Molina, uh, that I was going to welcome him to Alabama. I'm going to do the same way with Dupas. I'm going to welcome him to Alabama. We're talking to WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. Deontay, one of the big criticisms on, uh, about you is that you're not fighting. Many believe that you're not fighting top-notch opponents. How do you respond to that? I, res I respond by every time I get out of that ring and I go to that bank with that check. 
and I'm able to support my family, and I'm able to live my life like I want and smile every day waking up saying I own everything that I have, that's how I respond back to it. You know, to think about it with people, you can't please everybody. I say this all the time. You can't please no matter who you fight, no matter what you do in life. You can't please everybody, and, and that's just a, a impossible a task, impossible mission to try to to try to do. And I'm just not that guy. I don't. I, I really don't care what people may think or how they feel. Um, if they think they can do better, then maybe they should press their luck and and, and trying to do it. Uh, do what I do. They can do my job better than me. Man, maybe they should they should put on my uniform. You know, I, I don't care about criticism. That's part of the job. But I know one thing: no matter how they may hate how they may dislike what we're doing, they're going to watch, no matter what. You're going to watch, you know, to see what happens. Whether you you love me or hate me, you're going to watch, you're going to see greatness, and uh, and you're going to enjoy the fight. Also, a lot of talk about your chin. You felt like you answered those questions against Berman Stavern. You got buzzed by Molina in that last fight. How do you respond to the criticism about your chin? I mean, I... It really is no response. I keep doing what I do. I mean, anybody going to, you know, people are always going to try to nitpick at you or uh, different little things. Like people say, my my, my uh, legs are skinny. What that, but what does that mean? I got the highest ratio of knockouts in, all, in, in boxing, period. You know, what does that tell you? You know, people are just going to try to find different things, which, which it, does, it doesn't bother me. Like I said before, my kids are well taken care of. Everything I have, I own. And I, my life is blessed. There is a big fight in the heavyweight division in October. Tyson Fury, Vladimir Klitschko. How do you see that one playing out? Man, it, it can go both ways. That fight. I like that fight. That's it's a fight. Um, I'm looking forward to maybe being there in person myself for that one. Um, okay. uh, it, it, it can go both ways with the fight. Both two tall guys, which make it awkward for both fighters. You know, it's, it's almost as if if one makes a mistake, the other can. Can can get to him, uh, and that's vice versa. But uh, it's all going to depend on. Uh, you got one guy that's younger, that's taller, and longer. But um, it's all depending on if he if he take it serious enough to to really just want to go in there and be the champion and, and take the belt instead of looking for uh, a value of how much money the fight would be. You know, we'll see. Then you got another guy that's been around for a, a while that's dominated the division, that uh, uh, down there a decade or so, um, that got well experienced. That's why I'm um, trying to get him out of the way. It's something that's been a long time coming, and now that he's in front of him, want to get him out of the way to a, uh, to a possibly making a fight with me to uh, unify the division. So it's, right. it's, it's an interesting fight for me, you know. So um. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it and see what the outcome of this fight is going to be. You know, it's, it could be out with the old, in with the new, or it can be just uh, it can be the same old, old. <laughs> you know, so we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Now, if you get by your upcoming fight against Dupois, you have your mandatory, Alexander Povetkin. He's been looking good in his last few fights. Is that going to be next for you if you do get by Dupois? It possibly could be. Um, we're supposed to be in the, the negotiation and stuff like that. I, I'm actually looking forward to the uh, to find my very first mandatory um, fight against if it's uh, Povacan or whoever it may be. You know, um, I hear that he has a fight himself that he's trying to uh, trying to fight, and uh, he could probably 
possibly be making a mistake. You know, but we'll see. But uh, either way I go, if it's him or somebody else or whether we fight next year, I'm looking forward to whoever it is, you know. And I can tell you right now, if it's if it's Alexander Povak, and I can tell you right now, it'll be, it'll be an easier fight than the Stavern fight. You can put that on record. Okay, okay. You also have Shannon Briggs out there. He's been calling you out, calling you Beyonce Wilder. He's got the Let's Go Champ thing going on and all that good stuff. Do you see yourself fighting him at some point? Only way we see, only way I see myself fighting Shannon if it become a mandatory, but he uh, he get in the top five or something like that, which I doubt that that would that would happen. That's not gonna happen. Right now, only thing I see is an old man that's trying to make it to the top the wrong way, um, and and young people that they're not laughing with him, they're laughing at him, and it's a shame to be so old to to, uh, and to go carry yourself. Uh, in such a way as you're doing, you know, you should know better uh, and be more professional about what you're doing. That it's not gonna work that way of, of showing up at people press conferences or showing up uh, while they're taking vacations or knocking food off the off the tables and stuff like that. And if it was me, he would have knocked my food off. We would have had a fight right then and there. But Klitschko was a little bit more <laughs> more more kind to that situation. But um, I, I don't see a Shannon. Shannon Bridge is old or just noise. It's all noise. I, I see an old man that's making noise, that's getting people, uh, they're entertaining people, they're laughing at him. <laughs> We're talking to WBC champ, heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. Let's talk about your daughter now, Naia. She's fighting. She's battling spina bifida. She's one of the reasons you picked up the sport of boxing. How's she doing? She's doing wonderful, man. She's... <laughs> A small little girl, she's 10 years old now, and just a very small little girl that's living her life and uh, definitely being the odds that was a gift, learning learning each and every day, man. Uh, it makes me happy to be able to see her smile and go about her day. You know, very very strong little girl. You know, she have a fight each and every day. You know, if she can if she can fight through what she have to go through like each and every day, man, who am I to complain about anything or anybody else? To complain about anything, we got these strong kids that that go through so much in life that has a bigger a bigger fight, you know, in life than us, man. You know, I'm mean, just she's always my motivation. All my kids are my motivation to to striving to be something great and then providing them with the best of the best in life. Big fight this weekend: Floyd Mayweather, Andre Berto. Mayweather says it's going to be his last fight. How do you see this one playing out? Man, I, you know, it's boxing. You know, we we are, you know, we can quickly say, well, Floyd will win it, and you know, it could, it could, damn well, maybe so. But um, you know, this is this is boxing, and, uh, and through the years of boxing, we have seen upsets as well too. So, uh, uh, so I, I really don't know. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. It all depends on uh, for me. I always feel it all depends on who wanted the most. You know, if 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 Flo wanna go out with a statement and he wanna definitely go out uh, uh on top as a champion, he's gonna get in the ring and do what he gotta do and have a business. Is is if if Berto um really wanna prove a point and he really hungry about it, you know, he he as the term is fighter will say that I'm so ready that I'm, I I'll die in the ring as that man tell not necessarily dying but you know what I'm saying. And he'll 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 come with everything he has to uh, put on a great performance, not just for for money, but to actually really just want to take that crown. Because I feel if this 
with this, when you when you find Floyd, it shouldn't oh it shouldn't be about the money. It should really just be about taking that glory, that pride, that belt from him. And knowing after that you'll be a mega superstar and the money comes after that. That's how I would take the approach of it. But um, we'll see how it goes. When Floyd Mayweather does go out the door, do you feel like you can fill the void? Will you be the next guy? Oh, come on. Come on. If, if anybody don't, you know, I am the, I, the heavyweight division. I've always been, always been the ruler of the division. You know, it fell off one point in time. But, um, you know, if anybody don't feel that once Floyd go, I, I, I am the new leader. Then they're, they're sick. You know, this this is all, this is the plan. This is the making of it. As the wheel turn, as Floyd goes, the new champion uh, have arrived. The new champion is born, and that's Deontay Wilder. That's for sure. I think I know the answer here, but I gotta ask it. What do you expect to happen on September 26th in Birmingham, Alabama? September 26th in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, a lot of things gonna happen. It's gonna be a, a great fight. It's gonna be exciting. Full of live energy, explosive energy, and of course I got to do what I do best. That's knock them out. You got a round for me? I don't have a round. You know, I, I found that um, I'm not good at predictions, so I leave it. I, <laughs> I've left it alone. <laughs> I just go in there like to enjoy myself and learn my scrap a little bit more each and every time I'm in there, and uh. And um, set him up. We don't know when he's going to get hit, but he's going to get hit. September 26th on NBC, PBC on NBC. It starts at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. First heavyweight title fight on national TV since 1985. This man, Deontay Wilder, will be there defending his WBC championship belt. Deontay, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. Yeah, baby. Thank you, man. <laughs> Deontay Wilder, WBC heavyweight champion. And he's got a big fight coming up again. Johan Dupois, September 26th, PBC on NBC. So make sure you check it out, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Deontay Wilder defends his WBC heavyweight championship belt. And a big fight this weekend. Um, you know, not as big as Floyd's fights usually are, not a mu- as much buzz as you usually get with a Floyd Mayweather fight. I mean, it, it, it's I, I, I got to be honest, it, it's been kind of dead in, in terms of people talking about this fight, in terms of buzz about this fight. I mean, I watched the weigh-in, and, and I, I, obviously you compare the weigh-in to, to Manny Pacquiao and, and Floyd Mayweather, there's really no comparison, but it just really was not. Any buzz. It, it, it was not much of a buzz. Um, and, you know, it's understandable, I guess, on some level, because it's a fight that many people believe Andre Perto does not deserve to have, and many people believe that this fight is not even going to be close. I mean, and you could point to Berto's last few fights and say, well, you, you, you might have a point. You know, Hasselito Lopez was, was, you know, dominating Berto before Berto dropped him. Um, Steve Upshur Chambers, even though Berto dominated that fight, Chambers got some shots in on Berto. Berto was very hittable. You know, the, the Andre Berto was very hittable. He got knocked out by uh, Jose Soto Carras, who won, who's lost 10 fights. But to Berto's point, I mean, to Berto's 
uh, not credit per se. Well, to his credit, because he had a he had a bad shoulder injury, but he was able to finish that fight with that shoulder injury, and that's one of the reasons that you know it became difficult, it became hard. It basically was a one-handed fight. But this is a whole nother level now for Andre Berto. This is a level that I, a lot of people have been waiting for Berto to get to. Did he deserve to get to the, to have this particular fight? Maybe not. I mean, if it was up to me, it would be Khan, Thurman. I was in this order. First of all, it would be Triple G. If I get to get Triple G against Mayweather, that would be so intriguing. It would be so great. But that would be my first take, my my first choice. But I can understand not fighting Triple G. You know, he would definitely have, Triple G definitely would have a size advantage. And Mayweather, uh, you know, he when he goes to 154, he barely gets up there. And he's not. Uh, a, a junior middleweight, middleweight, and you know he's always around 146. It seems uh, 146, 145 when it comes uh, to welterweight. But anyway, with Floyd Mayweather, I don't think um, you know. I lost my train of thought actually, but <laughs> but anyway, Floyd Mayweather. This is a guy. First and foremost, three fighters, Triple G. First of all, I'd love, love for that to happen, but I don't know, it was a long shot. But Keith Thurman would have been fine. I, I think that would have got you a buzz. I think that would have uh, brought more people, uh, brought more excitement to this particular, to, a, to this uh, possible final fight for Floyd Mayweather. And I think Amir Khan. You know, I think Amir Khan, who's won five fights in a row and, and you know, beat Devin Alexander, who's a world-class fighter. Um, you know, I think Amir Khan, you know, beat Luis Colazzo along the way as well. Who's a, who's a decent fighter who gave Keith Thurman all he could handle in their fight. So I would rather see one of those three guys, even Sean Porter for that matter. I, I would have rather seen him instead of Andre Berto. And I think the public agrees. I think the public, based off of uh, of the buzz for this fight or lack thereof, and just based off, you know, the, the, there's not much talk about this fight. It's just not much talk about this fight. But I do believe that this fight would actually will actually turn out to be a very interesting, very fun fight. I, I, I do believe that Andre Berto's style, aggressive style, his, he, he's going to come forward. So I, I believe Berto's come forward style. I believe Berto's speed. I, I think Berto can give Floyd Mayweather problems. But the one thing about Berto is Berto's very hittable. Mayweather's not. Berto's fast. Floyd is fast, too. Berto doesn't have Floyd has a much better chin than Andre Berto. We've seen Andre Berto drop. We haven't seen Floyd. Here's the thing. If it's close, as I explained to Willie Rofe, and I'll explain again. If it's close, go with Mayweather. And I'll tell you why. And I'll explain it to you again. Floyd Mayweather now, obviously he fights in Vegas all the time. He's going to stay in Vegas. He's not fighting nowhere else but Vegas. 49 and 0. If he wins, he goes 49 and 0. At that point, he becomes a TV free agent because his contract with Showtime is done. Um, There's going to be a lot of bidders, obviously, for that last fight. And that last fight is going to be in Vegas, in that new arena in in Vegas. It's going to be there if it happens, if he continues on. So, in terms of Las Vegas, Obviously, we know what a Mayweather fight does for the economy in Las Vegas. We know what it does for for the casinos. We know what it does for the city. So, and we've seen it before, 
you know, had, when, uh, you know, they postponed his uh, prison sentence, you know, delayed his prison sentence so he can uh, fight Miguel Cotto and, you know, bring a whole bunch of people to the city, bring a whole bunch of money to the city. He fought the fight. A month later, he went to jail. So I, I look at it, and and, and, I, and I look at Floyd Mayweather, and, you know, I think if it's close, favor Mayweather, I don't think – I think Berto has to be, like, ultra-dominant and or knock Floyd Mayweather out to win this fight because of the possibilities of what could happen financially for Vegas if Floyd Mayweather goes 49-0 and and just decides to continue to fight on. It, it, it would be huge. And, you know, we I, I mean, who knows who he will fight uh, when that does happen, but it would be huge, huge. But anyway. This is an interesting fight to me. I, I think this fight's going to be a lot better than Mayweather-Pacquiao. I think this fight's going to be an exciting fight. And I think Andre Berto is going to come to fight. And I think Andre Berto, this is his opportunity, his chance, his one shining moment. His chance to, 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 to pull off one of the biggest upsets in the history of boxing. Up there with Tyson and Douglas. I mean, and, and, and as we talked about with uh, Serena Williams and, and, and you know, the, the young Roberto Vinci, you say who? You say what? Roberto Vinci. She was the one who beat Serena Williams. She was the one who, who, who ended the quest of Serena, who ended Serena's quest for a calendar grand slam. Roberto Vinci. Again, not Sharapova, not, Ven- not Venus Williams. Roberto Vinci. Think about it. Take a second. <laughs> As a matter of fact, take two. And then, so, then we move to Saturday with another opportunity, another chance for a big-time upset, with another opportunity, another chance to see. Uh, obviously, if Andre Berto wins this fight, it'll be the talk. I mean, Serena's the talk is, is a big-time talk. And, and Berto, if he beats Mayweather, it's going to be a big, big-time talk. A lot of people are going to be talking about that for years to come. And so Floyd Mayweather, he's had an interesting week. Obviously, he's leading up possibly his last fight. I don't believe it. If he loses, it might be his last fight. But if he wins, it's not going to be his last fight. You believe that? I got land in the West Indies. But anyway, Floyd Mayweather now is in the news for for issues with IVs. Uh, apparently, Floyd Mayweather used an IV. The night before the fight against Manny Pacquiao, night before the fight of the century, he used an IV. The IV was done at his home. Now, you say, no big deal. He was dehydrated, so he used an IV, got himself some uh, some vitamins, got himself some vitamin C, and he should be good to go. No big deal, correct? Well, wrong. You know, even though Mayweather was ultimately granted an exemption or, you know, a therapeutic exemption, even though he was granted that, that wasn't granted. The fight happened May 2nd. That wasn't granted until May 19th. So that's three weeks after the fight is when he applied for the exemption. 
to take that saline solution, to take the IV. The problem is the commission in Las Vegas didn't know. Nevada Boxing Commission didn't know. And so the exemption was given by USADA, who was in charge of of the testing, the drug testing for that fight. Quote-unquote Olympic-style drug testing was supposed to happen for that particular fight. Now you have questions of whether or not it's actually, some people say Olympic-style drug testing is is, is 24-7, 365 days of the year. And and so, therefore, Mayweather has never, or any fighter has never uh, engaged in, quote-unquote, Olympic-style drug testing. That's just what people say, you know, again. So, anyway, you say no big deal, right? But it is, usually, this is not allowed. Now, USADA, they follow the World Organization, uh, the World Agency, the World uh, Doping Agency. They follow them, and, and, and so they're known as WADA, and they do not allow this type of thing because, you know, they don't allow it for the simple fact that through injections it's a possibility that, you know, they may be, the, the person who is injecting, whatever they're injecting, may be trying to dilute or, 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 or mask some kind of uh, a performance-enhancing drug or some type of other substance. So basically, the thought is that maybe Mayweather could possibly, and I'm not saying he is, the thought is that Mayweather possibly could be trying to mask or hide a performance-enhancing drug. That's the thought. And so the problem is, the problem is, and and, and we're, we're we're you know you get comments from from the Vegas Commission. And the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem is he got the exemption after the fight and he got the exemption through USADA, not the Vegas Commission. Not the Vegas Commission. And the Vegas Commission is saying, well, hey, USADA doesn't have that kind of power. Bob Bennett is saying, hey, the head of uh, uh, the Vegas Commission, you got to come through us, not USADA. You have to come through us. And so Bennett, he made these comments. The two, which is, uh, you know, a.k.a. for therapeutic use pretty much, therapeutic use exemption, the two for Mayweather's IV, this is his comments, quote, the two for Mayweather's IV, and the IV was administered at Floyd's house, not at a medical facility. And again, the only time you're allowed to get an IV this close uh, to the event is, is, is obviously the only time you're allowed to do it is if it's for uh, purposes of you getting some type of surgery, you're in a hospital for some type of, you know, whatever. But, let me go back. Quote, the two from Mayweather's IV and the IV was administered at Floyd's house, not in a medical facility, and it wasn't brought to our attention at the time. It was totally unacceptable, Bennett said. He went on to say, I made it clear to the head of USADA, Travis Tiger, that this should not happen again. We have sole authority to grant any and all twos, which is therapeutic use, in the state of Nevada. 
USADA is a drug testing agency. USADA should not be granting waivers and exemptions, not in this state. We are less than pleased that USADA, USADA excuse me, acted the way it did. So, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're ha- and, you know, Thomas Hauser, you know, penned an article for SB Nation, and, and there has been rumors in the past that Floyd Mayweather may have tested positive for banned substances and was given an exemption by USADA. These are the rumors. These are the rumors. They're out there. And it, it, it's just like, here's what I'll say. Maybe that's what, there's some similarities between Mayweather and, and the Patriots from the standpoint the Patriots at the top of the world of the NFL, Mayweather's at the top of the sport and boxing, and there's always going to be people nipping at your heels and doing whatever they can do to bring you down. Maybe they, they spygate, deflategate, and not to say the Patriots aren't guilty on some level, but spygate, deflategate, you, you emphasize that, you talk about that, and then with Mayweather you talk about the possible use of performance-enhancing drugs. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it is true. I'm just saying. But I, I, I look at it, I look at it, and again, again, when you do it intravenously, when you throw it, do it through a vein, get to the blood supply, get it, to, you know, get it to your body quicker, faster. You know, it's a possibility that you could possibly it, 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 it's banned, it's prohibited because the, the, there's a belief in, that you could be possibly trying to mask or hide something, whatever you're you're injecting. So it, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And, and it's very interesting that's happening. It's coming out at this point in time. It's very interesting that it's coming out as Mayweather is possibly about to walk away from the sport of boxing. But here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You know, in this era of, of of guys fighting and playing sports at high levels, past you know in, in their late thirties, Bernard Hopkins and you know is fifty, you know guys whose whose careers are being extended, and guys who are still fighting at uh, fighting or playing at high levels late in their career, you know it you do become suspicious. The people do become suspicious, and I'm not saying Mayweather has done anything. But I, we we have to look at this story. I I, I think we have to talk about this story. I, I'm not saying he did it, but I, I think there's a little smoke around here. I'm not saying there's fire. Usually when there's smoke, there's fire. But I think there's some smoke here. There's some smoke here. I I, I think we can all say that. Now, Floyd Mayweather has always been a guy who who has championed the cause, if you will. Of, of of you know drug testing and 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 talking about cleaning up the sport of boxing and you know being a quote unquote clean fighter that's been his 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 mo for the last few years and his, this is his statement as already confirmed confirmed by the USADA statements I did not commit any violations and USADA has come out and said that Mayweather did not uh, commit any violations. Let's start again. As already confirmed by USADA statement, I did not commit any violations of the, of the Nevada or USADA drug testing guidelines. I follow and have followed the rules of Nevada and USADA, the gold standard 
of drug testing. Let's not forget, he went on to say, that I was one of that I w- was the one six years ago who insisted on elevating the level of drug testing for all my fights. As a result, there's more drug testing and awareness of its importance in the sport of boxing today than ever before. I am very proud to be a clean athlete and will continue to champion the cause. And so, you're going to here's the thing. He, he He's been a guy that's been out in the forefront of this. So you wonder if he's a guy that's been out in the forefront of this, why would he why would he he, he drew attention to the issue in the situation because he didn't necessarily have to. Because boxing, there's really not he's been a guy that's been on the, the front lines of this. I'll give him that. He's been a guy who's been pushing and talking about this and a lot of people don't really performance enhancing drugs in boxing and not been a topic that's been talked about a lot, like the Wild West. So the point is, you're you're wondering, okay, Floyd Mayweather, if he's doing this, why would he bring attention to it? And then another argument is, you can say, you know what, he's bringing attention to it because he's actually doing it, and I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying maybe he's bringing attention to it if we're going to say that he is doing it, and why would he bring attention to the whole performance-enhancing drug situation? He's bringing attention to it because if he brings attention to it, you're going to be less likely to believe that he's ever or would ever do it. You would be less likely to believe that he's doing it because he's been, as he said, out in the he's been out there in front of it. You know, he he's insisted, as he said in his statement, on elevating the level of drug testing for all my fights. He's been that guy. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. If he in fact is or has used performance-enhancing drugs, if he, in fact, has done that. Um, is it a surprise? No, I don't think it's ever a surprise anymore when people are, are busted for using performance-enhancing drugs. I, I, I don't think it ever is. I, I don't. I don't really don't. I mean, it, it's not a surprise. It's really not. You know, but here's the thing. In the sport of boxing, the sport of boxing, you know, it's not like baseball when a bat hits the ball. It's not like uh, 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 basketball. You know, you guys can use performance-enhancing drugs, but it, it's not the same as it is in a sport of boxing. It's not. Because I'm in a sport of boxing, guess what, I'm, 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 I'm punching you in your head. I'm punching you in your body. I'm beating you up. People have died in the ring. So there's always the possibility anytime you lace it up and step into that ring that you could die. Now imagine if you have a guy roided out on performance enhancing drugs and he's punching you in the head and he's doing all these things and and punching you in your body and just doing big time damage to you. Guess what? You might not make it out of the ring alive. And that's the reality of it. So performance-enhancing drugs is a serious thing in the sport of boxing. It's a serious thing. A serious thing. And again, I'm not saying Floyd Mayweather is 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 is, is involved with performance-enhancing drugs. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I don't know. But I am saying that it, it definitely is a conversation that can be had. And I, I definitely think 
that there is a little smoke here. The question is, did that smoke lead to any type of fire, or was it just smoke? Time will be the judge of that. And, and maybe if Floyd Mayweather, in fact, has doped or is doping using performance-enhancing drugs, maybe this is a perfect opportunity for him to fight this final fight. As he said, this is going to be his final fight. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to fight this fight, move on with his life, and never have to talk about this. I mean, he's going to be involved in terms of promoting and everything, but he may he probably really does not have to really address this situation if he moves on. Time will be the judge of that. We'll see. Eversport TV, they're doing big things. Started back in 2014, and, and they're continuing on doing big things and, and, and putting out some great programming. And we're going to bring in the CEO of Ever, Eversport TV. Let's bring him in now, the CEO of Eversport TV, Wayne Sieve. Wayne, how are you, man? Doing well. How are you, Paul? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Wayne, you guys just secured the rights to the Pac-12 and Big Ten college football that will be streamed internationally. Tell us about it. So those were uh, a couple of partnerships, yeah, that we just put together here in the last couple of weeks. Um I'm a two-time Pac-12 graduate. It's really exciting for me to be working with these guys and to be a partner of theirs. The real idea here is to deliver their live game broadcast coming in from the Pac-12 networks, which they have seven networks, and we'll be distributing those linear TV networks uh, globally outside the U.S. and China uh, on a 24-7 basis. And what's included in there is 850 or so live game broadcasts and with the Big Ten, this is a partnership with the Big Ten Network, and we'll be streaming and distributing over 1,000, probably closer to 1,200 live game broadcasts. So for us, now, it's, it's exciting to be delivering you know, to fans around the world who don't have access to these programs otherwise. Now, your international audience, who are you shooting for internationally? For something like this, it's really about fans of college football. It's it's going to be a lot of displaced fans, probably you know mostly American expats, really. Uh, but it's right. people who live around the world and who don't have access to this on television. For sure, for sure. Now, obviously, you have this deal. This is a big time deal, but this is on the heels of another deal you guys you guys made with the Big Sky Conference. Talk about that particular deal. So that's another one, yeah, we just put together recently. We had some uh, doings with them over the past school year, um, and then this summer we put together a much larger relationship with them where we're going to be exclusively streaming all of their sports programming around the world, including inside the U.S., uh, okay. to Big Sky fans everywhere. So it's, it's an exciting deal for us to be a global distributor of their programming. Now, in terms of Eversport, do you see in the future the possibility of, of, of pro sports uh, being involved with you guys, the four majors in America? No question. I think it's a matter of timing before that gets done. We did a lot of that during my time at Yahoo Sports, uh, and we do a lot of pro sports around the world. We've streamed and distributed a variety of soccer, rugby, motorsports, action sports. We do, you know, all kinds. Everything we distribute is professionally produced for television. So really what we're doing is connecting fans who don't have access to it via traditional television means and making it available to them. And I think, you know, with the likes of the NFL, MLB, etc., 
once we get to a certain sized audience and they look at it and say it makes sense for us to work with Eversport, I think that's when those conversations will pick up. Absolutely, that's part of the, the, the long-term view on things. We're talking to the CEO of Eversport TV, Wayne Steven. Wayne, on an on a, on a everyday basis in terms of if I were to go to Eversport TV right now, what kind of programming would I see? Right now, you'll see a lot of college programming. We just started this last week with, you know, our new partnerships, as we mentioned, with the Pac-12, the Big Ten, Big Sky, and others. We'll be streaming and distributing this school year about 4,000 live events, including, you know, all seven linear feeds for the Pac-12 networks. Uh, you'll see other things. We just had Peru versus Columbia national soccer team match yesterday. We have a lot of action sports, other pro sports from around the world. We have a rugby tournament uh, coming up around Halloween. Uh, uh, we might have some more interesting announcements for uh, other new programming coming up this week and next. Everything's kind of uh, a fluid process here. But, right. you know, for us, we're really looking to distribute the hundreds of thousands of live events that are already being produced around the world and make those available to fans everywhere. And you, you think about it, there's probably some high six-figure number of television sports broadcasts around the world that aren't available to fans around the world. And our job, really, our mission in life, our whole purpose for being is really to make all of that available to fans everywhere. And, you know, so we're always adding new programming. But right now it's, it's heavily about college football. Now, what was the motivation be behind Eversport? It started back in 2014. What was the motivation? It started out when I was at my former company, and uh, a colleague and I were realizing what we were doing here had a lot of legs, but really needed to be done in a different way. And the whole mission really is to connect sports fans around the world with the live sports broadcast they want to watch. And it isn't always about distributing to displaced fans, uh, like what we're doing with our college programming right now. There's a lot of things we're doing, let's just say, for the big sky. That's a global deal. And that content just simply isn't being picked up by television partners. It's not on ESPN or Fox. So fans of the schools in the big sky conference want to watch it and they just don't have any other means and so for us the motivation was really centered around allowing sports fans to watch whatever it is they want to watch not just what's available on television so for us it was really more of a, a personal mission to connect it put it together um and we felt there was a, a real need in the marketplace and you know if you think about it there's sort of a sports fan bill of rights where you as a fan of whatever it is you're a fan of, hockey, football, motorsports, whatever, the thing you really want to watch is the live event. And it's, it's sort of a crime if you can't. And the right. reason you can't is oftentimes because it's just not picked up on television. For whatever reason, the economics may or may not make sense, or there may be other reasons. Uh, and we just felt there was a real need out there, and sports fans should have access to whatever it is they want to watch. And we've built you know, our company around that mission. Were you know you know putting this venture to, together? Were was there any were you nervous putting this type of venture together? Did, did you feel like you know what this is going to be a success from the beginning, or was there nerves? What were your nerves at? Were you nervous doing this uh, type of venture? <laughs> the nerves for me were around uh, 
Yeah, the, the pressure I felt it would put on my family. I uh, had a one-year-old and another one on the way and was relocating to uh, the Bay Area from Los Angeles. And so there was a lot change changing in my life all at the same time. So for us, the you know, doing it all at once was uh, one source of pressure. But this idea seems really obvious. And, and I got to be honest, I don't think this is the first time this has been around. Mark Cuban was doing this with broadcast.com mm-hmm. back in the day. Others have, have, you know, also done various iterations of this to varying degrees of success. Um, but we felt like now with devices, with uh, the, the entire infrastructure being what it is now, and most people now expecting to be able to find what they want to watch via the internet, it just felt like the timing was right for something like this to really be done the right way and at the right scale. And yeah, anytime you're setting out to raise money and start a new company and live on startup income, uh, it's nerve wracking and it's stressful, but it's also at the same time, it's very exciting. We're talking this to the CEO of Eversport TV, Wayne Steve. Now the future, let's talk about the future of streaming sports and, and Eversport. What is the future of it? Well, I think right now it's largely, you know, we're about distributing what's already being produced for television. We're not a production company. We don't go out and produce events. But you can certainly see in certain verticals like action sports uh, and other amateur sports, high school, whatever it may be, the ability to create and broadcast events is becoming more and more available to people out there. Uh, and I think you're starting to see a much broader portfolio of live sports programming being made available. So I think one of the trends you're going to see is a lot more broadcasts of a lot more sporting events out there being made available to people. You know, when I was growing up, you could never watch my high school uh, football game on television. And I think that's something that's going to be available on a pretty um, normal basis moving forward. I think action sports with the devices out there, I think with, drones and other ways of capturing really compelling angles in the production, you're going to start seeing more and more of that. But, uh, you know, again, I think it's going to be about taking what's already out there right now for us. Our mission is to take what's already out there and make it available to the rest of the world. There's really no reason if you're a fan of something, no matter how small it may be, it could be Croatian soccer, wherever you are, you should be able to watch it. And, and for us, that's what Eversport's really all about. So wherever you are, wherever you're at, wherever, any place in the world, you can see anything mm-hmm. on every sport. And that's ultimately the goal, whether it's college football, whether it's rugby, whether it's boxing, anything and everything on every sport. Exactly. There was, you know, one example of we streamed the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team taken on the U.S. national team back in, in uh, Chicago at Soldier Field last fall. That was available on NBC, and it was available in a variety of, countries around the world on television, but it was also unavailable to a huge number of countries around the world. And we ended up working with uh, the appropriate parties to distribute that live game broadcast uh, to all of those countries where it was not available on television. So realistically, we made it possible so no matter where you were as a fan of the All Blacks or U.S. rugby, you can watch that match. If it's on TV, go watch it on TV. And if it's not, our endeavor is to bring it to you. And in that particular case, uh, that's what we did. We filled in the rest of the globe. So, fans, make sure you go to the website, eversport.tv. Also, 
on Twitter. Go to at Eversport TV. Also the Facebook page. Make sure you go there as well, facebook.com slash Eversport, and support all the great things going on with Eversport TV. Wayne, it was a pleasure, man. Wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Thanks very much, Paul. Wayne Sieb, CEO, Eversport TV. Again, make sure you check it out, eversport.tv. Also on Twitter, at Eversport TV. A few minutes left in the show. The the Raiders made an interesting signing today. Um, Alden Smith. You know, Alden Smith, you know, he's been in trouble, out of trouble, in trouble, out of trouble, in trouble, out of trouble. He's been in a lot of trouble. And, you know, he was released by the 49ers after his last arrest, you know, hit and run, DUI. And, you know, he's got a bunch of charges on him. And his fifth arrest since 2012. So five arrests since 2012. That's, uh, what, about two arrests per uh, an average of about two arrests for, per year. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, you know, the Raiders surprised a lot of people when they decided to give Alden Smith an opportunity to shot, and they signed him. Here's the thing. You know, it may work out, it may not work out, but there's no risk here. There really is no risk for the Raiders. A one-year deal, $1 million base salary, he can earn up to $5 million through a $312,000 per game roster bonus and another $2 million based on his sack totals. At the end of the day, it could end up being about $8 million. So, and that's if it all works out for him. But anyway, he might be suspended anyway. But there's a possibility he could play. He could actually play on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I thought all the, my thought was when when that whole situation happened on the Smith, my thought was, dude, you need to sit down, chill, relax, get your mind right. You don't need to worry about football in 2015. You need to worry about getting your life straight. That's what you need to worry about getting your life straight, getting your life right. That's what he needs to worry about, in my opinion. But, hey, he had an opportunity with the Raiders, and he decided to take it. And the Raiders gave him an opportunity, gave him a chance. And I don't blame the Raiders. Some people say, why are you giving this guy a chance? He's a knucklehead. He's this, that, and what have you. But, hey, give it a chance. Give it a shot. It could work out. It may work out, but it may not work out as well. But it's not much risk. Eli Manning. He signs an extension, That's all, and he's with the Giants. $84 million extension, $65 million in guaranteed money. Um, he also has a no-trade clause as well. So he's he's with the Giants probably for the rest of his career. $21 million average uh, per season. Wow. And Eli, Eli had some struggles last season, but Eli is a franchise quarterback. Eli is a two-time Super Bowl winner. Eli has his moments. And last year, I mean, it was, you, you know, you, the Giants struggled, but Eli's numbers weren't bad, 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. You, you think sometimes the numbers were bad based off the season they had, but it wasn't that bad. But this is a guy who is, it's, it's, it's like feast or famine with Eli Manning. You know, what, 2013, he threw 27 interceptions. But that that's what it could, that's the territory. Sometimes you get that, or sometimes you get uh, you know big time years and Super Bowl championships. Two of them to be exact. He beat Brady two times, and that's impressive. Eli Manning, Hall of Fame quarterback. Now he's got some new money, new contract. 
kudos to him. I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. Also want to thank Deontay Wilder for stopping by and Wayne Sieve of Eversport TV for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash begin, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for again. And also hit us up on Twitter at go for again. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. And also, before we get out of here, I like Berto tomorrow to pull off the upset against Floyd. Money Mayweather, you heard it here first. Andre Berto wins tomorrow night in Vegas, MGM Grand Casino. I wish I had some money. I would throw it out there. See you later. Take care. Bye.